I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. They want benign indifference. They want us drugging. We could be pets. We could be food. But all we really are is livestock. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. The world needs a wake-up call. We're gonna phone it in. Welcome to the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thank you for joining me. I want to start out tonight by just thanking you all. Uh, All the people that are listening, downloading, leaving me feedback and reviews. I mean, I really appreciate that. That means means a lot. And uh, hopefully we can keep spreading the word and and getting the word out there and uh, keeping this thing going. So tonight, what I have on board for you all is uh, I've been seeing a lot of memes going around about this gentleman named Yuri Bresmanov, Bezmanov, sorry, a Russian KGB agent who did an interesting interview with uh, G. Edward Griffin in 1984, where he basically laid out four steps that the Soviets follow to destroy America as we know it. And this has been going on since the Cold War began. Um, And what they're doing is they are following the playbook of the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917. And the funny thing is, some of the players are exactly the same or same families, right? You see names like J.P. Morgan, Andrew Carnegie, Rockefeller, Rothschild, Okay, so as time changes, remember what we keep saying, they reuse the playbook over and over again until they get the desired outcome. And, you know, one of the things that this does is it paralyzes the country, right? And that's the state we're in right now. We are in a paralyzed state, not knowing which way to go, not knowing who to trust, because our supposed leaders are the ones giving most of the misinformation. And that's down to the T what this plan is. And like I said, there's there's four basic steps. But if we go back to a quote from Voltaire, who's a 17th century philosopher, he said, if they can make you believe absurdities, they can make you commit atrocities. And if you think about that now, think about where we are right now with the situation. People are believing things because they're told it by the news. And then what they're doing is they are wishing death upon you if you don't want to follow their lead, which is totally mind-blowing and doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But we have to remember, what are we in right now? We are in a war of information and disinformation. 
whether it's the news, social media, YouTube, all these different sites are battling for what is real information and what is deemed misinformation. And what's crazy about right now is some of the actual information is being labeled as misinformation from credible sources because it goes against the narrative. So as we get into this, what we want to look at is what Besmanov says is ideological subversion, okay, which is a slow brainwashing process. And what it's meant to do is, is change the perception of reality um, to the point where you cannot make any sensible conclusions on your own. And man, if, if, if we're not there right now, I don't know when we're up, well, we ever will be. Um, so let's take a listen right here and see what Bezmenov has to say about ideological subversion. When uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is, is the slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, actively meropriatia in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process, which goes very slow, and it's divided in, in four basic stages. See, so you have it right there. And one of the things that he's saying there is that you have to understand that these the groups that are supporting it, the intellectuals that are promoting it, and, and, and the money that's, that's financing all of this, they, they're all out there. They're telling you who they are. You got like the BLMs, the Antifas, the squad with AOC and Omar and all those whacks. But then on the other side of it, you have Big Pharma. You have the bankers telling you over and over again about the Great Reset. So we get we get into this where, you know, we don't think this can happen in America. Well, I hate to break it to you, but it can. And, and the reason why we, we don't think it's possible is because we don't think we could lose our freedom or our prosperity in America because that's all we've known for our whole lives. But much like every empire, they have to come to an end. And it appears that Russia is not just Russia, but it, it's a Russian plan that is enacted by multiple players and parties. And what you're seeing there, and you're seeing elements in our, in our society already. Look at the social, you know, they're trying to implement the Chinese social credit score with the Vax Pass and, you know, trying to get you on digital currency and get rid of, of actual money, you know, actual hand-to-hand -hand currency transactions. They want to be able to monitor and manipulate everything you do if you go against the narrative. So we look at this and, you know, even Stalin said back in the day, America is like a healthy body and its resistance is threefold. It's patriotism, it's morality, and it's spiritual life. If we can undermine these three areas, America will collapse from within. And that's what they're trying to do, folks. 
there, you're not going to see a war with guns and tanks and missiles and, and, and bombers. They're going to let us do it to ourselves. And they're doing a damn good job, if you ask me right now. So you go to another Russian leader, Nikita Khrushchev, from the late 50s, early 60s. He, he was very open about this. He says, we will take America without firing a shot. We do not have to invade the U.S. We will destroy them from within. And, and he says, he goes on to say that, you know, how are they going to do this? They're going to do this through indoctrination. And they will get student radicals to start infiltrating and taking over the education system, which we've seen, especially in higher education, you know, in, in, the, in the college system, university system. And what they're going to do is then throw out the religious morality, throw out classical education throw out American patriotism and then you're left with nothing. And how are they doing this? It's a, again, guys, all their plans are pretty brilliant when you look at it. Evilly brilliant, right? I must add. But how are they going to do They do it through the news, right? They do it through sports, through the NFL. You see it big in the NFL and NBA right now, right? And you saw it last summer with all the social justice pushes and everything that was very one-sided. You see it in entertainment, through your movies, your music, okay? it's So what they're doing is they are bombarding us with this stuff. And there was actually a movie that was out, I don't know how old it is, a couple years old now, but it's called God's Not Dead. And, and the premise of that is, is there's a professor who challenges his students to prove to him that God's not dead because he's an atheist. And, you know, as they go through the movie, you know, basically this kid is on a mission to prove it. And by the end of the movie, the way the movie wraps up, he does prove it. Um, so you look at this stuff and it, it's, it's so fascinating because if you know what you're looking for, you're seeing their plan you know, now looking back, see, I, you see the plan laid out in front of you. And it's funny because you look at Joe Biden and he is basically the Alexander Kerensky of the Russian Bolshevik revolution. Because Kerensky was basically a puppet politician that was put in to get the Bolshevik rev revolution through after they overthrew Tsar Nicholas II. And then once they got everything they needed, they got rid of him, right? They moved him away and then they brought in their own power. And I feel like that's what they're doing with Joe Biden right now. He is doing all the dirty work. He's going to take the fall for them. And then they're going to move him aside and bring in someone who is going to follow their plan even better and get it through and finalize it. Okay. And that's where we are now. So if, if we go back to Bezmanov's uh, four steps, as he calls them. Okay. Step one, demoralization. Step two, destabilization. Step three is crisis. And step four is normalization. So if we look at this, you know, just thinking about that without even knowing what those terms are, we've been demoralized. For the last 18 months, that's been their mission, is to demoralize the population, to separate, to divide and conquer, right? 
destabilization. Well, if you think anything is stable right now in America, you're out of your mind because the economy is unstable, the dollar is unstable, people are completely unstable. Okay? So we look at that and you're like, "Yep, okay, I see that crisis." Well, what have we what have we been in for the last 2 years? Since the beginning of 2020, we have been in one giant crisis, right? You had the COVID, you had the lockdowns, you had the election, you had the vaccine and mandates, passports, all the stuff that goes along with it. Okay, so those three steps right now, you can cross those off because those are basically mission accomplished. So we get to the fourth step and and normalization and man, we're getting close. Because think about it. Things like, look back to 9-11, right? They said, they told us we'd only have to take our shoes off for a short period of time. Well, 20 years later, every time you go through the airport, you have to take your shoes off or go through some sort of detector. And we have been normalized to accept it, right? It's just part of flying, part of travel now. You have to do it. And that's what normalization does. And they're trying to do that with the masks. They're trying to do that with the vaccines, okay? And and once you capitulate, once you give in, and you do it ju- just because I, I want it to end, right? I just want it to be over. If you just get the vaccine, this will all stop. No, guys. What you don't realize is, some of you do, but a lot of people don't realize is, once you give in, they're going to push further. And they're going to keep pushing until they face resistance. So what do we have to... Again, it goes back to my episode with the Hatter, Right? Your compliance is consent, okay? At some point, you have to draw a line in the sand and say, enough's enough, I'm not going past this point, and I will resist at this point. And we're there, guys. We're beyond that point. We should have been resisting last summer with all the chaos going on, the riots, the peaceful protests, they call them, while buildings are burning, right? But then you try and have a a freedom protest, right? Anti-lockdown or anti-mask. And that was hateful in the news, right? That's how they spun it. So let's take a look at the four steps as Bezmanov sees it. So let's hear what he has to say about demoralization. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already uh, for the last 25 years. Actually, it's overfulfilled because demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans. 
thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his balls, then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. <laughs> so, so did you hear that? Not until the boot crushes his balls will he realize that he has been demoralized. And, and, and another word for demoralization is guilt. They are laying a guilt trip on you. You're being indoctrinated with a set of values that are foreign to what you had prior to this. And, and the crazy part is it's done from one American to another American because we lack the moral standards, right? What, what this situation has done here in America recently is, I heard Charlie Robinson say this the other day, we have a deputized population, right? It took these people who were for the most part insignificant and powerless in their life and now it's given them a sense of power to be able to go tell someone to put on a mask or tell someone that they can't come into your restaurant because they don't have a passport, right? We have this deputization of the population. Are now People are now willing to rat on family members or rat on their neighbor because they have too many cars in the driveway at Thanksgiving or Christmas, okay? And that's where we are now. And then you look at cancel culture. If you go against what, if you hurt someone's feelings, you're canceled because of what you say or do. It, it's so ridiculous. We, we're in a point now where we've, we base everything on emotion rather than basing it on logic. And this isn't good. This is not good at all. Because as you see this process move forward, it, it, it takes away from the population's ability to process valid information, right? Even when you could shower them with valid proof, authentic proof, they still refuse to believe it. Where have you heard that? Vaccines, right? I mean, you, you're, you're now banned from... Any media, if you present anything against the narrative, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, they're going to block you. They're going to shut you down. They're going to put you in jail. Not literal jail, but not yet at least, but in their shadow ban jail. Okay, and, and so as we get through this, you, you, you start to see it. One of the things with destabilization is, and what he says is one of the clear indicators of it is the decline of organized religion which used to be the beacon of morality, but now, I mean, we're in a free fall. If you, organized religion in itself now is just a disaster. I mean, you had churches closing during this at a time when the people needed them the most. They caved, 
they took the knee and said, yes, master, we will do it. And why? Because most of them are tax exempt organizations and they, it's all about the money to them. They don't care about you people. You are just a source of income. And once you realize that, and, and now I, I don't mean to bastardize every church because not every church, but the majority, the overwhelming majority are this way, right? You have the Pope pushing vaccines. I mean, what? He, he's saying it's God's work? No, it's not. It's science God's work, which if you're following my drift, the new religion is science. And if you can't see that, I mean, just look at the last year. You can't question science. You can't doubt science. And the whole point of science is to question it. So there's the contradiction in itself right there. It just doesn't make any sense. So let's take a a look at step two, destabilization, and see what Bezmanov has to say about that. Next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense, an economy, uh, the uh, influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I, I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. Uh, the next stage, of course, is next stage is de- There you have it, right? To weaken the economy, foreign relations, and defense systems. And, I mean, you look at all those, and those are the weakest they have ever been across the board. I mean, Obama did everything he could to destroy our military and weaken our military. Foreign relations, I mean, look what Biden just did with Afghanistan. I mean, that we, we spent 20 years there only to turn and burn and leave people behind, leave equipment behind, billions of dollars of equipment. And then you look at the economy. I mean, if you trust the dollar right now, you are a different breed because that thing is about as stable as a balloon with a pin to it. I mean, and, and, but why are they doing this? That's, that's what I'm trying to, you know, get at here. And basically the, the goal of causing like, especially the economic instability, right, is to make people more accepting of government expansion into the private sector out of fear And they want to create a dependence on the federal programs, right? The universal basic income. They want to be able to control every aspect of your life. And one of the reasons why this hits home right now is, you know, that Facebook whistleblower the other day, last week, she, uh, you know, that whole situation rubs me wrong because you look at things like Project Veritas, where they have people from these companies, the Pfizer's, the Johnson and Johnson, Moderna, on tape, talking about things that go against the narrative, but they're not brought to Congress. Yet all of a sudden, this one woman who has some complaints against Facebook is brought in front of Congress almost immediately. A whistleblower. 
I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. But if you look at it from the big picture, look at it this way. She's brought in to say, listen, Facebook has a major problem and they need help uh, policing themselves. So basically, why don't government, why don't you come in and you take over and, and you be the be all end all source for all this? And if you think that's a wild idea, look into the bill that they're trying to put through this whole 3.5 trillion spending. There is a hundred billion dollars earmarked in there for the federal government to take control of broadband in America. They want to control the internet. They want to be able to regulate what you say or what you can and can't say and who has the ability to access what. And and this is just, you know, and, and so if you look at this whole thing about the government programs, I mean, you look and, and stimulus checks, right? They want you dependent on the system. Unemployment, people were making more off unemployment than they were actually working. And that's why, you know, even now, grocery stores, um, restaurants are having a hell of a time getting employees to come in the office because they're just sucking off the government teeth. Why would I why would I work and waste my time when I can just make almost as much if not more sitting at home doing nothing? And I you know I I don't blame them in a sense, but I could never do that. But at the same time you look at this and and they're just constantly bribing you. And that's what it turns into. It turns into a system of bribery. If you do this, we'll give you that. Does that sound like free will to you? Cuz it doesn't to me. It sounds like a prison. And if you think about it, I mean, look at, look at a vaccine again. That's a perfect example. If you, in the beginning, if you get the vaccine, we'll give you donuts. We'll give you free beer. There's a lot, a million dollar lottery in certain states where you can win. It just, all you have to do is show proof of vaccination and you're entered into this lottery. That just doesn't sound copacetic to me. That doesn't sound like the American way. And it's not. Because what is being done is we are being subverted and destroyed from within. And and it's just not good. I mean, one of the things that you look at here is that, you know, when you target these systems, the... An interesting thing that I found actually was that it says here a, a destabilized population becomes obsessed with hypocrisy as the ultimate political sin. They believe the best ideas, individual liberty, sovereign rights, capitalism, even the rule of law, are presented insincerely by sinister powers who seek to exploit and manipulate them. That's where we are right now, folks. That's where we are right now. We believe that political sin, the hypocrisy of it, and you see it on a daily basis from the president to his press secretary to our uh, head of the military, secretary of defense, secretary of state. They're all full of shit. And what are they doing? They're just demoralizing the population because people don't know what to think anymore. They don't know what's up and what's down. And the problem with that is demoralized people, they lose faith in their nation, right? They lose faith in history. They lose faith in ideals. What got them to where they were? And, and the worst part about it is 
destabilized populations and destabilized people lose faith in each other. And when you lose faith in your 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 neighbor, or, you know, you're what do you have left? Okay, and we talk about destabilization again. Let's go back to last summer, the George Floyd riots, right? There was they were violent. They were destructive. They were virtue signaling the whole time. But yet they were presented as peaceful protests. It's and it's just one of those where, you know, it's it's such hypocrisy, but you have to rise above it. You have to seek the truth, the real truth. You have to go within. Understand yourself. What do you want out of life? Not what are they going to offer me to get the life I want. What do I want out of life and how do I get it? And that's how you buck the system, guys. You got to find a way to get around this this indoctrination, this demoralization, this destabilization, right? So the interesting thing that Bezmanov says in, in, in this stage of, of the destabilization is that, you know, the college professors who are, are pushing the narrative and the agenda eventually will become no longer needed. And, and because of that, you know, they're going to feel stabbed in the back. So what are they likely to do? They're likely to then protest against the government. Because they were doing what they were told only to be used and thrown away like garbage. And when you start seeing that, what they're going to do is they're just going to get rid of them. They're going to get rid of them. And Bezmenev goes as far as to say, you know, oh, here, here's what he says. He says, they're instrumental in the process of subversion only to destabilize a nation. When their job is completed, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when they get disillusioned, when they see the Marxist-Leninists come to power, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. Okay? They are useful idiots. They are puppets. They are pawns. Think about BLM. Think about Antifa. Think about these, you know, lefty college professors or uh, elementary teachers pushing these sexual things on young children. This is all perversion, guys. And and if you want to know, well, how, how do you know this is how it works? Well, the Soviets did it in Eastern Europe, North Korea, North Vietnam, Cuba. Nicaragua, Venezuela, Grenada, Afghanistan, Bangladesh. It's been done all over the world. Okay? They destabilize, then they bring in the crisis. So let's go to step three, the crisis. And and this is one that, it, it's, a, it's a quick one, right? It just has to be a short crisis. Unfortunately, we are in year two of our crisis, and it doesn't seem to have any end in sight. So let's take a look and see what he has to say about crisis. The next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have... Okay. So after you have the crisis, you have the change of power. And what happened here? 
we had the initial crisis and Trump was in charge. And then all of a sudden we had a quote unquote regime change. We've heard that before, right? So, you know, it's, it's one of those that the threat, the threat of the crisis itself, right? It just terrorizes the people. It's, it's, and, and what the reason why they do it is to get you to accept their political agenda, okay? And what they do is people eventually say, okay, I, I get it. I'll, I'll do whatever you want. Just make it stop, right? The people offer to, to make the pain go away and the fear go away if you accept this political domination. And, you know, people start, are willing to abandon their legal rights and constitutional ideals. Look at the mandates, guys. Look at the executive orders. These are not laws. These are not constitutional. And they're not legally enforceable. But yet, here we are. People abide by them because they've been said by our leadership over and over and over, 24-7, right? Whether you turn on the news, whether you listen to anything political, they are pushing this on you over and over and over again. And, you know, it's like, it's like you look back in March, right? Or, or you know, probably more so June, right? And you had people working. And if you weren't wearing a mask, you're going to kill my grandmother, right? We're all grandma killers, what sense, what logic does that make? But you have to understand the people who control the message, the narrative, the communication, they have the power to decide which aspects of society are going to be affected by the crisis, which is another scam in itself because Walmart stayed open, Target stayed open, the big chain stayed open but the mom and pop small businesses had to shut down how does that make sense you can't get the virus in these big big institutions but yet in a little setting it's unsafe and who's to determine what's safe and what's not safe when did the government be able to tell me what's best for my body and when did the government even care what was best for my body other than the drug war, which is a joke in itself, where, you know, they can tell you as a grown adult what you can and cannot put into your body, which should be none of their business. As a grown adult, I should be able to do whatever I want with my body and put whatever substances in it, it, I may be. And if I die, I die. That's the risk you take. But no, they want us to live in this nerf world where everyone thinks they're in this false reality that they're safe if they just listen to your leader, right? And that doesn't make any sense at all. And if you look at the way our government has grown over the last few years, the programs, I mean, and the hypocrisy is endless, right? They'll rip a Republican governor for anything that they do against the narrative, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's in the best interest of their people or not. Yet, at the same time, they are praising the left-wing guys who are harsh on lockdowns, who sent people 
to all elderly homes and killed elderly people intentionally by knowingly sending infected people into that area. And those people got praised, right? You look at that schmuck Cuomo. That guy's the biggest piece of shit out there. But yet he was he was the darling of this thing. And you got Gavin Newsom. You had that Whitmer, crazy Whitmer lady. You had Lori Beetlejuice Lightfoot in Chicago. These were the people we were supposed to be looking up to in the upside down world. The people who did not give a shit about you, did not care what was in your best interest. It was to follow orders, listen to me, I know what's best for you. Nope. Sorry. Not listen. Not buying it. I do not believe in that. And then you had, you know, these same people screaming defund the police, right? Defund the police. That's a great concept. And while they're preaching this, they all have private security. They live in gated communities. They're all well protected. Rules for thee and not for me. And this is just one of those things that I... I, cannot fathom and and listen hey we do need police reform in this country our police needs our police need to be demilitarized we do not need a military force as police but at the same time to defund the police if anyone thinks that's a good idea good luck do it in your town try it in your town see how that works out for you and when you need the police and you call them and there's nobody there to answer and you can't defend yourself You earned that. That's on you. Because you didn't think it through. You just followed the narrative that was being pushed and went blindly with it. Not thinking everything through. Yes, our police system is flawed. But to defund it and get rid of it entirely is the most moronic thing I have ever, ever heard. All right, let's get to step four here have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis, to promise people all kinds of goodies and the paradise on earth. Uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with the benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. Your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize the nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, they, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. But they may turn into the most bitter enemies of Marxist-Leninists when they come to power. The next day... There you have it, right? They will be useful idiots. They will be fodder in the end. And normalization, okay, what's ironic about this is it could take up to two decades, he says. 
And he says, after a crisis with a violent change of power structure and economy, you have a so-called period of normalization that may last indefinitely. Does that sound familiar? What term did we hear a lot last year? The new normal, right? The new normal. What did they what happened in the last year? We erased history or or changed history. Words have been changed. Definitions of words have been changed like vaccine, like herd immunity. Okay? You look at statues and monuments being torn down. Now, listen, these people that they're tearing down the statues were no saints. But at the same time, how are we going to learn the lesson that they provide us if we just erase them and cancel culture them entirely? Right? You, I mean, you look at things like canceling Aunt Jemima, you know, the whole white guilt thing from last year, the, the white people kneeling for the black people because, you know, they've done them wrong. And most of these people that were kneeling have no interaction with black people, no black friends whatsoever. They are just a bunch of socially weak people who want to appease and follow the narrative. Okay. So then you, you look at, again, last year, what happened? They took away sports. Or you weren't allowed into the stadium, okay? Which required you to do what? To watch it on television. And what could they do while you're watching it on television? They can inundate you with advertisements and commercials and programming to push their message even further, okay? And that's what a lot of people don't don't realize. They, you know, you see all these vaccine commercials, right? Just get the vax, get the vax. If you get the vax, you'll do this. Notice how none of them are from the pharmaceutical companies. Yet every other commercial, every, you know, every other, meaning every second commercial that you see is a pharmaceutical of some sort with, you know, side effect lists longer than, it's more than half the commercial in itself. It just doesn't make any sense. And and this is, you know, they closed schools. They're te- They're trying to change history right? Cultural appropriation, all this bullshit they're trying to do to erase history. And all it takes, he he told you, it takes one generation. All it takes is one generation for the narrative to change. They want you on universal basic basic income, right? You don't have to go to go to work. We'll find a robot to do it. We'll pay you enough to get by but what you don't realize is once they give you that money, they're going to also tell you where you can and can't spend it. Maybe tell you how much you can spend at a time. Tell you where you're allowed to shop and not allowed to shop. Who you're allowed to associate with and not allowed to associate with. These are all things that people do not think about. Okay, I mean, so and you look at, you know... <laughs> Joe Biden's presidential campaign. He was, I'm going to unify this country. I'm going to be the great uniter. Well, he has. He is doing a great job of uniting people against him. Because the, the scam is being exposed. But is it too late? 
because they have this plan in full motion to go forward. And if you don't think that BLM and Antifa and these people are, have, have anything to do with this Lenin, Leninist, Marxist, or as uh, Sam Tripoli says, the cultural Marxism, well, look no further than the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. Patrice Cullors repeatedly says, we are trained Marxists. Says it herself. Antifa, look at all their imagery, all their, their, their language, their rhetoric. It's all out of a Marxist playbook, right? And then you look at the squad, AOC and Omar, they're all Marxists. They all are Marxist and they are pushing. They are the face of this. But then you have useful idiots like Biden who just are just doing the dirty work. And one of the things that Besmanov, he, he was insistent that the American left-wing professors and civil rights leaders like BLM and Antifa were deliberately running the strategy with a conscious effort to achieve the destabilization. That's what they want to do. They want to bring it down. They're not trying to build anything up. They're trying to bring it down. And it, it distinguishes between the actual ideological subversion and the people who are actually there to help. So anytime you hear your government or government officials say, we're here to help, run. Those are the worst words you ever want to hear because what they want to do is they want to take away your freedoms and, and they will help you at your own expense, at your own peril. So what, what we have to do is, I mean, we're at a point of, of, of madness right now, but it's never too late, okay? And even in, in I was reading a, uh, the book called Yuri Bezmenov by uh, the life and legacy of the influential KGB informant who defected to the West. Um, and it's, it's an easy read, you know, it's only like 100 pages tops. But what he, he goes over in there is his career and everything. And, you know, one of the things that he says is that it's never too late. Even when the shots are being fired and they're coming to round you up, it's still not too late. You can still fight back. But you don't want to wait that long, people. Like I said, and I, I keep saying, I feel like a broken record, you have to draw a line in the sand. And listen, I understand everyone has a different line. But collectively, we should have a general line that should not be crossed when it comes to human rights. When it comes to, and I understand the Constitution is just a piece of paper that was written by Freemasons. Yes, I get that. But it is the law of our land. And I don't think it's for the people and by the people. I think it was for the leadership, by the leadership. But you have to understand your rights. And the reason why they get away with all of this is because we do not understand our rights. We do not understand how the system works. And they are playing us like puppets. So what we have to understand here is, and, and Besmanov said it best. He says, all that communism requires is simple patience and perseverance to alter the perceptions of the people. 
right? They're playing the long game. Again, we get back to this, the long game. They don't care how long it takes as long as their plan succeeds. But what he does say is the only way to thwart or to stop it is to practice due diligence and not let it go unchallenged. That's where you and I come in. We have to resist. We have to object. We have to get out there and be heard, be seen in your local community. Okay? Going on, you know, I, I appreciate the memes and the memes are great and they, they serve a purpose. But just memeing it up isn't enough. We have to get out there. We have to uh, unite with our neighbors, with our community, and bring everybody together. And listen, there's going to be people who object. That's fine. But we have to get people together to talk, to discuss. And, and once you start, why do you think they separate us? Why do you think they closed bars? How did Hitler get his revolution started? The beer hall putsch. They were meeting They were gathering. They were getting together to discuss ideas. If we were allowed to get together last year, this thing would be over. Because every bar that you were in and talking with your buddies and like-minded people would be like, this is bullshit. We can't stand for this. We got to get out there and protest. Well, now they separated us. They demoralized us. And now we're at a point where we're trying to put the pieces back together. Right? But it's taken a lot longer than we expected. But you have to keep fighting. You have to keep pushing. You cannot let just accept. Your compliance is your consent. No. Okay? Listen. A simple way to object. Don't wear the mask. Okay? And if you're a non-confrontational person, here's a suggestion. Bring a mask with you. And if anybody puts up a real stink... Do what you got to do. All right? But I'm not caving to anyone because it's one of those where it's not a law. And even if it was a law, it doesn't make sense. So we have to fight it, guys. We have to keep fighting these things. Because without it... And, and you know, the reason why I got into this and, and Ryan from Dangerous World Podcast has said this a couple times, that, you know, after the end of the Afghanistan thing a couple, couple weeks ago... It was pretty clear that the U.S. lost the Cold War. I mean, we can claim that, you know, we broke up the Soviet republics and, you know, and, and they're weaker than they were before, you know, during the Cold War period. I would tend to disagree because I think we're a lot worse off than we were back then. And they have slowly and deliberately enacted their plan to destabilize, demoralize us from within. It doesn't take a terrorist plot. It doesn't take tanks and bombs and guns and and showing up. Nobody wants to come to this country and fight us on our land. That's not going to happen, folks. We're not going to be invaded. And if it is, it better be by multiple countries because that's the only one anyone stands a chance. There's not an army in the world that could invade this country. There's just too much land. There's there's 
you know, you have too many borders, too many bordering countries that would step in. I mean, it's just, it's one of those where unless, you know, unless the Chinese team up with Canada and Russia teams up with them and everybody goes against us and invades us through Canada, that's, that's the only scenario where you could see a possible invasion. But other than that, you have to understand that this is a war of the mind. It's a war of the soul, of the spirit. Do you believe in yourself? Do you trust yourself? Or do you trust your government, your leadership? Or suppose I use leadership loosely because there's not a leader out there. They are a bunch of paid for, bought and sold cronies. I don't care if it's left. I don't care if it's right. Both sides are guilty here. There are very few politicians out there who can say their hands are clean, if any. And this has just blown up in the last year and a half and, and, and been more clear than ever. And listen, is everyone going to see it and everyone going to be on board? No, they're not. It's not going to happen. But you have to associate with like-minded people Get with your neighbors. Start a small collective. Get together. Start gatherings. This is how we get around it. But you cannot comply. Once we comply, it's game over. They're going to win. And they're just going to keep pushing this harder and harder. If you think a vax pass is bad, wait till you have to get five shots a year. Wait till you have to, you know, check in with your master every every couple weeks. Every time you want to travel, you got to let them know where you're going, how long you're going to go. Guys, this is where it could go. It's not going to. Because we're going to rise up, not physically, spiritually. We're going to come together and we're going to win this. But you have to put up a fight. You can't just keep complying. All right. So that's Besmanov in a nutshell. Okay. And I found it very interesting because I had never even heard of him before this. And I saw some memes out there and I was like, what is this four step thing? And then I saw the interview. Guys, you have to remember that interview was from 1984. And in 1984, he already said we were on step three. So think about almost 40 years later, we've been at war still, and how far they've progressed. I mean, we are a pro- we are in the crisis stage right now, the normal, or not crisis, normalization stage. They are trying to make this the new normal, right? Build back better, new normal, great reset. All these catchphrases they throw out there that, you know, it is what it is. All right. I want to thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate all of your feedback, your comments, your DMs. It's great. Um, If I could ask you to leave a review on whatever app you're listening to, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, Feel free to visit my Instagram page and hit me up at at the Great Deception Podcast. Um, And we will talk to you again next week. Thank you. Stay strong and question everything. Is there a secret history of the United States intentionally hidden by the mainstream media? Could there be a secret society of fat money businessmen whose agenda has been the cause of every major war and economic depression? 
is there a shadowy elite gently pulling the strings of our world to bring about their own self-serving political program? The answers may surprise you. The creation of the Federal Reserve System was about more than just money. Some refer to it as the secret birth of a criminal conspiracy to rob the American middle class of its hard-earned wealth. Others believe it to be part of an attempt to bring the world under the control of a shadowy international elite that calls itself the New World Order.